scripture reading is from Matthew 7, verses 24 to 29, which can be found on page 686 of your pew Bibles. Psalm 7, or no, sorry, <laughs> Matthew 7. Did I say Psalm earlier? Or? Matthew seven twenty four to 29. I apologize if you turn to the wrong place in the Bible. All right, Matthew 7, verses 24 to 29. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall, because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, because he taught as one who had authority, and not as their teachers of the law. May the word of the Lord be with us. Good morning to you. Good morning to you. Let's start at the very beginning, which is a very good place to start. When you read, you begin with A, B, C. When you sing, you begin with... Now, that makes sense, doesn't it? If you start a new sermon series on the Sermon on the Mount, you start at the very beginning. If you uh, want to climb a mountain, you start at the base of the mountain. If you want to run a marathon, you start at the starting line. That makes sense. But maybe there's a case to be made for starting at the end, or at least beginning with the end in mind. If you're uh, putting together a uh, piece of IKEA furniture, it's very helpful to see the end product and work toward that. So in a sense, you start with this in mind even as you begin. If you are climbing the mountain, it's really helpful to scope out the path to the top before you start out. What's the safest? What's the most direct path? Our Lord Jesus said nobody uh, builds a tower without first figuring out, can I actually finish this tower? Do I have enough material and time? And, And so maybe there's some wisdom in starting at the end. And that's what we're going to do with the Sermon on the Mount. We're going to jump to the end. And then over the next weeks and over this summer, we're going to take it apart piece by piece. But let's jump to the end and hear the conclusion of the matter. You ready for the conclusion? Judgment. We will be held accountable for putting into practice, living out, action, (laughs) this Sermon on the Mount. We will be sifted. We will be evaluated. Uh, Judgment 
is coming. Now, it's very helpful to know that. Because as, uh, as we go back into the Sermon on the Mount, and as you hear, for example, a sermon on, uh, let's say, retaliation, that, that's in the Sermon on the Mount. Like, you know, turn the other cheek if someone slaps you. Well, it's very helpful to know Jesus is serious about that. And we will be held accountable for that. During this uh, series, you will undoubtedly hear a sermon on money. That's in the Sermon on the Mount. Remember, no one can serve two masters. You will love the one and hate the other. Well, isn't it helpful to know that the conclusion of the matter emphasizes Jesus? He is serious about that. You cannot serve God and money. And that day, that day of judgment, will bring to light who your real God was. And so, this series is called Living a Kingdom Lifestyle. And we will start at the end, a very good place to start. Notice the key words in our, uh, the, the, the title of this series. Uh, this is a lifestyle. It's not just a matter of belief. It's not just a matter of saying things, although both of those are good and necessary. It's a matter of living, living a lifestyle. Please notice it is living a kingdom lifestyle. We're not interested in the lifestyles of the rich and famous. We're not interested in the lifestyle of unbelievers. We are interested in a kingdom lifestyle. The narrow road, uh, not the broad road. So that's the series we begin. And here is the conclusion. It is a story. It has one message, two builders, one storm, two results. Would you like to read it with me, please? Everybody together. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. Our gracious Father, as we open your holy and inspired word, please open our hearts to receive it. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. One message. One message. These words of mine. Remember, this is the conclusion of the whole Sermon on the Mount. By far the longest statement we have from Jesus. By far. It's three chapters long. And here's the conclusion He's referring back to these words of mine. 
He has given us teaching on murder. And he's extended that to like murder in the heart, like anger. You know, vengeful, wanting revenge. He's given us teaching on adultery. And he's extended that, adultery in the heart. He's given us teaching on retaliation, turn the other cheek. Teaching on money, you cannot serve God in money. He's given us teaching on judging people. Do not judge or you will be judged. One message, it's called the Sermon on the Mount. An authoritative message. When Jesus had finished uh, the, the, the Sermon on the Mount, the crowds were astonished, verse 28 says, because he was teaching as one who had authority and not like their regular scribes. One message, it's called the Sermon on the Mount. Two builders, two builders in this story, a wise man, And a foolish man. The word foolish means dull, thick, stupid. And and you can tell he's foolish because it's very absurd action. He builds on sand. It's not going to (laughs) stand. There's no foundation. And both are hearing this one message. Or are they? Two builders, two kinds of hearing. Sound waves are bouncing on the ears of both, but uh, are they hearing in the same way? There's different kinds of hearing, right? Different kinds of listening. At a very rudimentary level, down at the bottom of our uh, hierarchy, there's simply background noise. The sound waves are there, but that's it. You don't even really notice it's there. A higher level of listening would be... uh, to, that it gains your attention. All right? Let's be quiet and listen to the background noise in this room. What do you hear? We hear a baby every now and again. I hear kind of, you know, squiggling around, shuffling around. What else? Do you hear the fans? Now, all of that was going on prior to my, you know, taking that moment of silence. It was just background noise. You don't even notice it. Now, we went to the second level. We started noticing it. What's the next level? What's a higher level of listening? You might call it uh, interpretation. You're thinking about it. You're interpreting. You're, you're mulling it over. You're giving it your full attention. A few years, a number of years ago, I was walking through the mall, and there's, there's a, they, they play music in the mall. We, don't, we hardly even notice it anymore. Blah, 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 background noise, right? And so I'm walking through the mall and, and at, at this level of listening, and then I, I stopped and I Whoa, they're playing uh, Amazing Grace. It caught my attention. 
And then I went to this third level of interpreting. I started thinking, I'm going, well, isn't that interesting? Amazing grace here in the, uh, in the temple of materialism. But I guess in our culture, uh, you know, everything's so spiritual today and we accept everybody. I guess that's part of sort of Americana and Amer- interpreting, thinking about it. What's the highest level? Real hearing. What's, what's on top? It's okay, you can talk to me. I'm a professor. What's that? Intentional, Intentional listening. That's, yeah, that's good. That's very similar to what I have in mind. Applying is a good word. Yeah, that's the idea. Responding. That's true listening in the deepest and richest sense. But we have two builders with two different kinds of hearing. One was a wise builder, and so he listened a certain way, all the way up through the different levels. The other one, I don't know where he was, background noise, because it's just one message. Both have heard the message, or did they? The kind of person you are determines the kind of hearing you do. It also uh, uh, determines what you see. It determines what gains your attention uh, visually, what catches your eye. That's what the old nursery rhyme teaches us. The kind of person you are determines what you see. Here's the nursery rhyme. Pussycat, pussycat, where have you been? I've been to London to see the Queen. Pussycat, pussycat, what saw you there? I saw a wee mouse under her chair. Now, you have to imagine that this uh, pussycat has just returned from London, one of the great cities of the world. And the pussycat invites you over to look at her photos. And she sets up her computer and starts scrolling through. And she shows you uh, St. Paul's Cathedral with the Great Dome. And she shows you Westminster Abbey, white marble and Poet's Corner, and it's lovely. And she shows you Buckingham Palace. And you say to the pussycat, oh, I see the, the flag is raised at Buckingham Palace. That's an indication that the royal family is there. Was the queen there when you visited? And the pussycat says, mm-hmm. Really? Uh, you didn't happen to get to see her, did you? I mean, did she, like, you know, ride by or something? And the pussycat says, well, as a matter of fact, I had a private audience with the queen. And you say, get out of here. You, you're private? You just, well, I mean, tell me about it. I mean, she's really old, isn't she? How's she doing? Well, how is she dressed? Now, how is she doing? And the pussycat says, you know, I, I, I didn't notice. But you should have seen the nicest little mouse under her chair. Because if you have the heart of a pussycat, 
mice are more important to you than queens. The kind of person you are determines what you see and what you hear. One message, two builders, two kinds of hearing. That led them to construct two foundations. One was built on rock. One was built on sand. In the culture of Jesus' day, uh, houses were pretty small. They were a typical, you know, middle-class house, although they didn't really have a middle-class, but a typical house was about as big as a one-car garage. And uh, they would always dig down to, to bedrock. And so, you know, sometimes you had to go this far, sometimes you had to dig. It was a lot of work, but you had to get down and build on rock. That was just standard. Archaeologists have uncovered these houses, and that's just what they did. They would build with, with rock, uh, rough uh, masonry. There's lots of rocks in the Middle East. Or if there weren't rocks, they would build with, uh, with bricks, uh, like mud bricks, you know, baked uh, bricks. And that was what they did uh, in that day. So uh, we visualize the scene. The wise builder is preparing to build a house. And he does a lot of research. He goes online on the house building and he studies and he, he, you know, he does some research. He talks to his friends. He watches some videos and he learns he has got to go all the way down to, to the bedrock. But it's really hard work. Everything was done by hand in that day. So he's digging and it's hot and he's sweating and, and he has to go down like this far, but finally he hits the rock. Then, uh, the building inspector comes by. He's wearing a hard hat and he has a clipboard and he's, you know, inspecting. He's checking it out and he's saying, good, good, excellent, good foundation. Are you doing the right thing? And check, I'll be back uh, when you do your construction, but you're on the right path. And over there, just over there, is the foolish builder. So the building inspector goes over and, you know, he checks it out over here. The foolish builder has... Uh, scraped out with his foot, uh, you know, the outline of where he wants to build. And he's taken uh, baked mud bricks and he puts a pile in this corner and a pile in that corner. He gets his, he gets his uh, materials all set up and then he just puts down the first row of the mud bricks right on the dirt, right on the sand, and he puts it around. And the building inspector's going, hang, hang on, hang on, hang on, you, this is not going to work. I mean, the ground is uneven. Imagine when you get up to be this high and this high, your walls are going to be all, all messed up. And uh, the, just the wind itself shifts the sand. And what are you going to do if a flood comes? I mean, what, the water will just go through there. And the guy who's building, he's on the second row of bricks now, he says, Yes, sir. And the building inspector watches him work. He says, you've got to start over. You're building on sand. This is not, I'm not going to approve this. i got my clipboard right here. He doesn't realize that the foolish builder actually has really small earbuds in. He's actually listening to music. And he's working away and he smiles at the building inspector and he says, Yes, sir. And the building inspector is like, I'll be back. 
One builds on rock. One builds on sand. So how's your foundation? The foundation is hearing this single message and doing it. You see it there in the text? Everyone who hears these words of mine and does them is like a man. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them is a fool. Yes, sir. Jesus isn't interested in yes, sir. Actually, he is interested in that, but it's got to be a little richer and deeper than that. He's not interested in our coming to church and only coming to church. I love you, Lord, and I live to worship you. He says, okay, all right. How about Monday? How about Tuesday? The day will reveal the quality of your building, the quality of your doing. Two builders, two ways of hearing, two foundations, and one storm. The rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house. Same thing for the foolish guy. The rains, the rain fell, Floods came, the winds blew and beat. One storm, apparently these guys are close enough so they're in the same neighborhood. Just one, a single storm. It's a storm called judgment. A day that will reveal the quality of our hearing and doing. So storms in the ancient uh, Middle East, well, in the modern Middle East also, um, so, uh, Jerusalem and London get about the same amount of rain each year. It's about 22 inches of rain a year. But in London, it's a very gray, you know, drizzly, overcast kind of culture. They have 300 days a year where there's some kind of precipitation. So it's this gentle rain. In Jerusalem, they have 50 days a year with storms both getting the same amount of water. So in Jerusalem and in the Middle East, when it rains, it rains. It comes down, and the dry creek beds uh, called wadis, W-A-D-I, these dry creek beds, they suddenly fill up and they overflow the banks. And the Jordan River back in Jesus' day every year would greatly overflow its banks. Uh, now it's controlled with uh, dams and everything. But in that day, they knew about floods and heavy rain. And what is this storm that Jesus is referring to. Well, it could be judgment in this life. Trials, the hard times. I think it's more likely that it's judgment in the next age. 
Or maybe we don't have to make a choice between the two. It's judgment. It is a storm. Our Lord speaks of judgment often in the book of Matthew. One storm is coming. Now, as I've been studying this passage this last week and internalizing it, it's been very sobering for me because I have, I have uh, I've visualized myself standing before God. The books are open. How did I do in giving to the poor? It's part of this Sermon on the Mount. How did I do avoiding sexual sin? How did I do not judging others? How did I do not serving money but God? Living a kingdom lifestyle. Well, the day will reveal it. One message, two builders, two foundations, one storm, two outcomes. One house did not fall. One house fell, and great was the fall of it. Will your house stand in the day of judgment? Believing in Jesus is more than saying words, more than singing, more than nodding, more than, yes, sir. Believing includes Doing. That's what Jesus' conclusion to the Sermon on the Mount teaches us. Same truth can be illustrated with a modern story, not a parable, an actual true story. Believing includes doing. Here's the story Galveston, Texas, 2009. Unusual uh, currents had scoured deep trenches next to the rock jetties. A jetty is a, a rock uh, 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 dock that uh, goes out into the Gulf of Mexico. And these unusual currents had just scoured down low. You could go, if you were standing there, you could go from shallow water to, in one step to very deep water. And it was very dangerous for swimming. So, lifeguards moved all the swimmers away from that area. But one man on a boogie board refused to listen. He slipped off of his boogie board and into one of those trenches, and he began thrashing around in the water. A 17-year-old female lifeguard saw him in trouble and swam out to him. She pushed a life preserver to him, but he panicked and he, he fought her. He tried to crawl on top of her because he was panicking. And in cases like that, lifeguards are trained to push away from the, the person or to dive under to escape. Well, in this case, she pushed away and he was clinging to the life preserver. 
She circled around behind him and got a rope around him and attached the other end of the rope to herself and tried to pull him against the current. But the current was too strong. So she started going the other way with the current all the way around the end of the jetty. She explained what she was doing. He argued with her. He tried to swim against the current. As she was trying to save him, the rope uh, connecting his boogie board, you know how you have uh, attached uh, to a rope, it got snagged on one of the rough rocks of the jetty. And, uh, and it, it, it snapped taut with the current. And, and he sort of went under it for a minute, but he, he was still clinging to that life preserver. And the current swept her away. He was still on his life preserver, so she rushed back to the lifeguard tower and called for help. A minute or two later, two other lifeguards dove in to help. He fought them off, and now he slid off of the life preserver. The current pushed him under, and the lifeguards were swept away. Six other lifeguards arrived. He was gone. They searched for 50 minutes. They found the body. They administered CPR, but it was far too late. And he was pronounced dead. Why did he die? Because he did not believe in the 17-year-old Lifeguard. Because the test of belief is action. One message. We're calling it a kingdom lifestyle. Two builders. Two different kinds of hearing. Two foundations, rock and sand. One storm. Two outcomes. So I have to ask you, do you believe? Yes, you believe that Jesus is the Savior who paid the price for your sin and offers eternal life. Excellent. Super. Necessary. You believe. Do you also believe in the character of Jesus, not just as Savior, but as Lord? He's the creator. He's the boss. (laughs) He is wise. He is good. He knows best. Or do you think you know best? The real test of belief is doing hearing and putting into practice. Now, this doesn't mean that we're perfect. Jesus isn't saying you have to be perfect. He is saying, what is the general orientation of your life? What direction are you going? What what road are you on? The narrow road or the broad road? Do you believe in me? Jesus was on the narrow road. And we follow in his steps. May the Lord help you be his true disciple.
believing in him as Savior, believing in him as Lord. Our gracious Father, we do believe. Help our unbelief. Help us to follow you, heart and soul. In Jesus' name, amen.